Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. We are powered by Synergy IQ. Our mission is to help leaders create world-class businesses where people are safe, valued, inspired, and fulfilled. We can only do this with our amazing community. So thank you for listening. Hey there, Synergizers, and welcome back to another episode of the Creating Synergy podcast. My name is Daniel Franco, and today we have the one and only Nick Reed on the show. Nick is the Chief Executive of the Department and Premier and Cabinet and the Head of Public Sector. His current focus is on collaboration across government, the community and private sector, growing the economy, innovation, and making it easier for people to do business with government. He is a proud and passionate South Australian, and Nick has a breadth of experience in South Australia's business community, having served as CEO of the Bank SA and State General Manager for South Australia, Western Australia, and Northern Territory for Westpac. His career in financial services spans over 30 years, during which Nick has held the responsibility for small business banking nationally and built a strong track record in digital transformation, driving growth and innovation. Nick is also the alumni of the University of South Australia and the INSEAD in Paris. In this episode, Nick and I touch on his journey from where he began his career with Comsec all the way to his role as CEO at Bank SA to today where he finds himself as the Chief Executive of Department and Premier Cabinet. We also deep dived into his learning experience during the INSEAD strategy course and how it helped him become much more confident in his role the importance of feedback and building a diverse team, the journey through the rebranding of Bank SA uh, when he was CEO and the rise of the lovable piping strike. You might know the slogan, let's do this. And the role of CEO who sometimes has to make those unpopular decisions and the importance of bringing people on board for that change. We then talked about his career from private to public sector and understanding his role a little bit and day-to-day responsibilities as the CEO of the department. Nick also shares and explores the three strategic pillars that he and the team at DPC are looking to put into place to make it easier to deal with government. The challenges of the workforce shortages, recruitment and innovation in public sector was also a couple of topics that we discovered and the COVID impacts on South Australia and finally his plans and outlook for the future. I know you're absolutely going to love this chat. And if you'd like to learn more about some of the other amazing leaders that we've had on the Creating Synergy podcast, then be sure to jump on our website at synergyiq.com.au or check us out at the Creating Synergy podcast on all the podcast outlets. Cheers. So welcome back to the Creating Synergy podcast. Today, we have the one and only Nick Reid on the show, CEO of Department and Premier and Cabinet. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I want to start off the, the podcast. Uh, Nick, you're a very busy man, man at the moment. I've, uh, I follow you intensely on the social media outlets, specifically LinkedIn, and you're at every single event that is currently going on at the moment and getting involved in, mm. in everything. How's, uh, how's life since you've started in the new role? Well, it's not so new anymore. It's um, <laughs> about 10 months. I started in uh, early February, so um, it's gone very quickly. I say, you know, don't feel a little bit like it's uh, dog years or something because it's uh, I never worked so hard in my life. But, um, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely getting out and about. I think one of the 
the elements. So I've got a sort of like a double-hatted role. I've got the chief executive of Department of Premier and Cabinet um, and also the head of the public sector. So um, I'm spending probably a, a decent amount of my time on the head of the public sector role because um, I see that's where the greatest impact I can have. Um, DPC is a, a well-run department. I've got some good leaders in that department and a few have come in in recent times as well. So I feel like that's in, in good shape. Um, where I feel um, the biggest opportunity is is to get out and about and engage with 110,000 yeah, public servants, and that's it's the what number I'm one doing. most. It was the most uh, employees in South Australia. Yes, that's you? right. That's yeah. right. So they we're the biggest sort of employer um, uh, by probably some way, um, and uh, uh, so that's uh, that's a challenge because it's a very diverse uh, group of people um, from, you know economic agencies like trade and investment through to health, uh, through to corrections and, uh, mm. you know, people looking after vulnerable families and children like child protection and human services. So where I was yesterday, I was at um, the awards for human services mm. um, uh, presenting the Make a Difference Award, which uh, is all about sort of bringing to life our public sector purpose. So uh, I see, you know, the more I can engage and connect with people, the, um, the more they can understand the purpose, the strategy, and how we're going about um, that some of the changes we're putting in place. Yeah, brilliant. I want to start off, um, we'll get into a little bit about your background. Mm -hmm. You've uh, Chief Executive currently at the Department of Premier Cabinet. You're a me member of the SA Economic Advisory Council, mm -hmm. previously CEO of Bank SA. Uh, you worked in Westpac, obviously they're all Bank SA's owned, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, yeah, owned by Westpac. Right. Uh, ANZ General Management roles. Done a lot in the marketing world. Can you mm. give us a little bit of a background? And you had a tennis career at one point earlier yes, on. That's right. Can you give us a little bit of a, a background about you know who is Nick Reid and 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 where you came yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, look, I'm Adelaide um, born and bred. Um, so um, strong passion for for South Australia. Um, you know, so I was um, educated here both um, at school and and university. Um, however, uh, when I finished uni, I did a, a six years part-time degree in what's nowadays called commerce. It was sort of, I did a, it was called Bachelor of Management. Okay. I, I straddled the old Institute of Technology into UniSA yeah. uh, and um, I had a majored in marketing. Um, and um, at the time of doing that, I was working for AMP in Adelaide, mm -hmm. at old one King William Street. And uh, at the end of that six years, um, uh, AMP was um, centralising their operations, um, and um, but I also had good connections with the head office, um, and I was offered a job uh, in Sydney. Um, and uh, my wife and I jumped at it. You know, we were sort of young. We got mar married quite young. Um, I was only twenty-five, and she was twenty-three. And we just thought, look, you know, what have we got to lose? We'll, have a, we'll jump on a plane, and off we went, and uh, uh, sold the house here in Adelaide, and and uh, Paid a ridiculous amount of money for a new, a new, <laughs> a new house. Well, at the time, in, in, uh, it was yeah. it was um, a real stretch for us. We had to sort of mortgage ourselves to the hilt to just to just to get into the market. Mm. But uh, um, you know, obviously, uh, I, I was with AMP, but then um, very quickly got an opportunity to, to work for Comsec. Um, only six months later, but it was my boss from AMP who moved across to okay. Comsec, and he sort of took me with him. Post, so. yeah, yeah. And um, so I sort of, um, you know, roles got better and, you know, times got better and, and uh, I um, then had an opportunity to move down to, to ANZ in Melbourne in the late 90s um, and again into the sort of dot-com space. So I was uh, driving the, the marketing for ANZ.com, which is the digital division of ANZ. 
And then uh, the bubble burst um, the first time around uh, in uh, 2000 and I, I so had to go get a real job because that year or so and running uh, or having a senior role in ANZ.com was just a crazy time. Yeah. It, was, it was just so busy and, and um, um, just learn a lot but, and the pace was just out of control. Um, and, uh, so the, the banks got affected by the dot-com boom? Yeah, well, in a sense that um, there was this hysteria around it, if, you know, um, younger people don't re- went around in the sense of the, that, that time but older people like me, me it were and it was that period where we had, you know, the first time we had these crazy valuations of companies just yeah. to get dot-com on the end of your yeah. name, suddenly you're worth a billion dollars with no revenue and, yeah. and you know, that all just came to a, a screaming halt uh, at the end of 2000. So banks had invested heavily in digital probably hyped it a little bit themselves you know some of the more traditional parts of banks were going this thing's never going to last but what happened ultimately is the underlying technology was never going to go away no. it was so fundamentally transformational that that what happened was that some of the sort of pipe disappeared but the the technology and the, the ability to use that to improve customer experience mm. um, maintained right so that's where I had a lot of learning um, from the Comsec days, because Comsec was the first business in Australia to to, to do e-commerce, you know, yeah, to yeah, trade yeah. on the internet in yeah. any shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was right at the front of that, all the way through to, to ANZ, and then into every role since. I've had a heavy dose of digital, but anyway, the the bubble burst, and then I had to go and work um, in the sort of core bank, and I ended up working with uh, for um, Brian Hartzer, who yeah. um, ended up being the CEO of Westpac. Yeah. Um, and hence the connection there yeah, later on. Yeah. But um, so Brian uh, took me on in uh, in the credit cards area, and I worked my way up to end up running running the credit cards business. Um, and um, and then Brian had gone on to more senior roles, and then he asked me to go and work in small business banking. And uh, which um, at the time I thought, well, what have I done wrong? Because uh, <laughs> back in those days, um, in the it was around two thousand and seven. Um, the small business area of ANZ wasn't the place that people wanted to be. Mm, it was okay. sort of over, sort of been declining in, in market share and, and not the not the favourite place to be. But I took it on as a challenge and, and um, ended up having seven uh, fantastic years there and ended up being the place that everybody wanted yeah, to be. Yeah, wow. And then um, um, Brian had left um, uh, uh, ANZ, gone to Royal Bank of Scotland, then back to Westpac and he asked me to come and, Run Bank SA, so back home to Adelaide, um, and uh, which was great for the family, and and um, and it was so a, you had kids at this stage. When yeah, you had kids, yeah. Um, and uh, how many have you got? Got two girls, two. Um, so they were born in Melbourne, um, and um, but to come back to run Bank SA was sort of a dream job. You know, I never thought growing up here that I'd ever have that opportunity, but yeah. uh, it was. Um, you know, it's obviously changed a bit over the years, but it's still the, the local brand, and you know. Um, it had a, a period of um, multi-year decline in, in, in market share and, and so another challenge for me to take it on and, and um, try and transform it, which I ultimately did. So, Well done. Mm. Kudos on, on the career. It's, yeah. a, it's an amazing one. I want to jump back into the early years. I've mm. heard some stories where you, um, you were sent to France mm-hmm. to do a strategic yeah. uh, development course yes can you give us a little bit of background around that yeah yeah sure sure so you know i mean it, the story goes um i was um you know i had, had a quite a 
bit of sort of success at ANZ through a number of different roles. Um, but, um, you know, there was, um, I guess, a development gap that was seen from my, my um, managers around strategy development. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I sort of got, okay, cool, no problems. And uh, um, we sort of thought, what are the options to sort of try and work on that? So the, the, we identified, you know, essentially an advanced management program with a heavy dose of strategy would be the, the way to go. So we looked at, you know, ones in the US and, and INSEAD was one of them and INSEAD just had to have, happened to have a bit more in the strategy space. So I went off, um, it was, I think it was around 2005, I remember it because it was the last year, Lance Armstrong won oh, yeah. seventh uh, yeah. Tour de France and I went to him see oh, went, on the oh, Champs-Élysées to see that last uh, day. Um, yeah. The only day we had off in, out of 30 in a row uh, yeah, to, wow. uh, um, to watch that, but that's how I remember the year. But the um, the, the point of it was a live-in thing, morning, noon and night, you basically just, um, it's a pretty hard slog, but it was a great uh, experience. And, and I think that, you know, uh, people say, um, you know, what did you get out of it? And, and you know, to be quite honest, I, I, the biggest thing I got out of it was confidence. Yeah. Um, and, yes, you learn a lot of strategic frameworks and things to, to, to apply, but, um, you know, I got confidence out of it. Um, and the reason I got confidence out of it because I was intimidated by if you look at the list of people on 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 Imposter the syndrome on the on the sort of like a hundred people in in two groups of fifty, and I'm looking at all the the titles of these people. And I I was um I was running credit cards at the time, so I wasn't you know what my job wasn't anything to sneeze at, but but I was like oh my god because um, <laughs> anyway, so we sit there in the first day, and, and um, uh, I think it's probably a little bit to do with Australians, but um, we sit there on the first day, and you know you're straight into these group work and um you're working on a on a um like a a, a little mini project and, and it was like a case study mm. and um i remember going off into multiple hours of you know this little room with these these people and who i've been allocated in this sort of subgroup and it was like the ceo of this french huge french um insurance company the head of italian gas the the head of belgian post and i'm sort of going oh my god and i'm the this, this <laughs> Little guy from Australia, yeah, he runs credit cards. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about this case study, and then I, I said, "Well, who's going to present back to the group?" And these these uh, guys are going, "Not me, yeah, not me." What was there? Was it not me? Was there a language barrier there? Or no, was it, no, 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 they were just scared. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> I said, "All right, I'll do it." Uh, so, um, well done. you know, just um, and it's it, it, just a little example of sort of. Um, when I say I got confidence out of it, it not, wasn't just that. It was the 30-day program. You stepped and then, your comfort zone. And, and then, you know, I, I came out going, geez, Australians, we can match it on a global scale. And that's my first sort of global um, opportunity to mix it with senior leaders from around the world. And, and I got a sense that, you know, not just me, but others, uh, people that I know um, in leadership roles in Australia are actually world-class, you know. Mm-hmm. So... It gave me that confidence to come back, and then I come back, and to be honest, um, I didn't feel like much had changed in the sense of the strategic side. But it was suddenly that box had been ticked, and it's a really important learning for people. Sometimes it's the the actual learning experience. Sometimes it's it's the perception that you give off, yeah. um, and people go, you know, something's different, and and it, that that gap that I was perceived to have had disappeared um, yeah. almost start, overnight. You know, well you start. So, 
acting in the role. Don't yeah. You, you yeah. start you, you you position yourself as I am yeah. now a strategic person. So yeah. people then come to you for strategy advice. Well, yeah, and, and yeah. maybe there's a little bit more, you know, if you talk a little bit more um confidently without, you know, being arrogant or whatever, but it, you just might sound like you, you know, you just you just come across a bit yeah. better. At that in itself might give the impression that you know more about the topic or 100%. anyway so it was a learning experience for that so it was well worth doing it was just sometimes when people ask me about what did you get out of that you know yes um i learned a bunch of things on the on the sort of strategic particularly you know how to apply um frameworks to, to different challenges but but it was actually confidence yeah mm. that's brilliant mm. what was it about you before when they said to you like what why you why did they say nick we actually want you to improve in, in the strategic mm. was there something about your leadership capabilities that they really liked was there something about the way you managed that they really liked like what was it about you do you believe well they, i think they, at the time I, I guess there was a, a very strong um development uh, process within anz okay. um you know i was on the sort of talent programs and you know ultimately i was on the sort of management board succession sort of program where, where you know leaders were seen to you know well some leaders were seen to be you know future leaders of the bank and yeah. uh, so they want to develop those people and you know yeah. identify where the gaps are and, and work on you know because um, it's a pretty like 30-day course you're saying or one month it's away yeah. from the, the business and yeah it's a yeah. big investment well, it's a, it? It, it was a you know big investment in time a big investment in cost um, um, for, for the course and the travel and the accommodation mm. and all the rest of it but you know it's not un unusual for um, you know large corporations to invest in their people. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's you know they don't do it for everybody because it's um, they're expensive to do it that if it, everybody's in. Correct. But uh, yeah. but ultimately um, it was um, part of that sort of process. And and you know I certainly was um, keen to develop myself, <coughs> develop myself and improve and and uh, learn. Um, you know I've, ANZ was great for that. You know because it was a matter. How well you were doing there was always feedback around how yeah. you can improve and you know another insight was when i was um you know having a lot of success um, um we had one of the one of the sort of external um so the the, the top sort of 100 executives had a, a process where you got feedback from an external um, search company called egon zender mm -hmm. uh, and you know my feedback was a little brutal jeez like, you know <laughs> what, what have i done wrong <laughs> yeah. here but um but it was simply um uh, one of those sort of formative moments where you're sort of young. I was a young leader, yeah. um, and you know, you probably thought you knew everything. And I've been and, there, <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, I probably did do that. But it was someone like an external party coming in and saying, you know, Nick, you're doing really well. I mean, look, tick, 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 tick. But you know, the big but for me was you, you, your team's full of mini me's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so the 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 um, you know, and I I sort of went. I was a little bit offended because we've been doing so well, right? Mm. But the point was I hadn't built diversity into yeah, my team. Okay. I built people who just thought like me, you know, acted yeah. like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that was my first sort of aha moment about building diversity into a team. Okay. And so from then on, you know, it took me, a, you know, I probably sulked for 24 hours but then <laughs> sort of snapped out of it and thought, shit, this is um, good feedback. I need, mm. to, I, need to, I need to respond to this. Um, and so for then on, um, in my uh, other leadership roles in ANZ and still to this day, um, one of the absolute priorities for me is when I'm building a team is thinking about the diversity yeah. of experience and, 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 you know, diversity in all respects. Yeah. Uh, and, 
then and only then can you really get solid thinking and solid um, input into your decision making and, and to your to your sort of strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a question coming about the team that you're building at, uh, mm-hmm. at DCP, but. Um, uh, sorry, DPC. Yeah. The, uh, There's too many acronyms yeah, oh, in the public sector. <laughs> especially, well, those two I get wrong all, all the time. Well, that's child protection. The, yeah, no, yeah no. child protection <laughs> and premier cabinet. Yeah. Uh, so I want to just quickly jump into your time now at, uh, at uh, Westback slash Bank SA yep. where you, you went on to um, become the CEO yep. and the lead. I do know at the time it was, and you mentioned earlier, mm. it was retreating, it mm. wasn't mm. performing the well. Mm. First CEO gig. Yep. Um, Big role, um, and you, you you were a big part of what I love the, the piping strike, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, marketing campaign. You know, the let's yeah. do this. I, yeah. Can you explain to me that world and, and how you uh, yeah, and how yeah. you turn that around? Yeah, look, I think um, I mean, Vegas A is, is is sort of you know in many ways um, much loved by the community because it's very much um, part of the community. It's been it's a lot, the oldest bank in South Australia. Yeah. Obviously, had some some interesting uh, times over the years, um, but you know, when I joined, you know, essentially we'd lost approximately one percent market share every year for twenty years, mm, wow. because back in the day we were the, the government's bank, and yeah, uh, yeah. therefore we had a dominant share in the in the mid to high thirty percent in sort of home loans, for example. Yep. Um, but the reality is that it, that had come off, and 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 um, we, we'd sort of um, I did some research and very quickly got feedback that we were a little bit off the pace uh, um, and you know one of the things that really shocked me uh, was um, feedback that we were off the pace of South Australia because at that time uh, South Australia as, a, as a, a state wasn't going that well so it was a bit like Ooh. so that was a bit of a wake-up call that we had to do something here um, and um, and so um, one of the things that um, I drew upon straight away was my marketing background and and uh, and thought about repositioning the brand and it was interesting because um the brand in the desert p uh logo had been around for a long time and and a lot of people really loved it and it sort of really stood for for you know the the emblem um for for south australia but it also signified the old way of doing things and and when when the words were coming back around comfortable and stayed and these sorts of words i weren't words that I wanted to uh, to sort of um, the brand that I wanted to lead. Um, yeah. So um, it also had a lot of um, internal love from from sort of people like Gail Kelly, who was the CEO of Westpac. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I remember having to go to Sydney and and I um, had to have a meeting with Gail to say I wanted to change the brand. And um, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I was it was I was. Bit scared, you know. Yeah. How, she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna go. Um, this is, uh, this isn't really gonna. Are you, are you crazy? Yeah, yeah you're crazy. Um, and you know, I love bank. She loved Bank of Say. Yeah, still does. Uh, but uh, she loved Bank of Say, and I, I said, look, Gail, I put one slide in front of her, and I won't say what was on the slide, but she just said, you know, patted me on the shoulder and said, go for your life. Um, yeah, wow. And it was over in ten minutes. Um, and so I had the mandate to, to do that. Came back um, and obviously um, we rebranded. We um, um, but you stuck. picked another iconic emblem though, didn't you? We did. I'll yeah, come back yeah, to that yeah. in a sec. But we we basically the first phase was, was rebranding um, to the current logo and um, starting to uh, rebuild um, our whole positioning. We 
um, didn't have a lot of investment because at the time um, we were owned and still uh, Bank of State is owned by Westpac, but Westpac has choices of where it puts its investment yeah. because the market here wasn't doing so well. We weren't getting a lot of investment dollars, so we had to make some tough decisions mm-hmm. and we, we um, um, decided to – we had 50% more branches than any other bank, so we shut a few branches, reinvested that money into – um, uh, new uh, technology and new um, refurbishment of, of existing other branches, new uniforms, marketing um, and the like. And, and, uh, but ultimately we wanted to come up with a, a, in a little bit longer period down the track, we, we, we wanted to come up with something that was going to be very um, different and noticeable and that's when we decided to take the piping shrike off the flag and bring him to life. Really? Uh, and, you know, as many people know, um, you either love him or you hate him. Uh, but <laughs> I'm in, in marketing. I'm in the love group. Yeah. <laughs> if you, in the marketing world, that's either's okay in the sense yeah. of getting noticed. Correct. Um, so what people um, absolutely um, know is that that's um, part of um, Bank SA. And, and, you know, he, he, people don't realise that the reason why we took him off the flag is what he stood for on the flag. And, mm. and it was all about um, bravery and, and courage and, and having a go and... And there's this element of positivity uh, in it if you read the history behind it. And so that's what we wanted to portray and, and we thought there's no better way to, to do it through through um, him. He's a bit crazy uh, <laughs> and says some silly things from time to time, but that's all part of it. And, that's uh, good. you know, he's got a real sense of humour and, and um, you know... We well, it connects ha- to all markets, really, yeah, doesn't it? It's we wanted to have a bit of fun with yeah, it. And, um, brilliant. and to be honest, our brand recognition went to number one mm. after that. Mm. And... Um, and our business improved, and you know that that the decline turned around, and and uh, you know the, everything from the retail side to the small business side to the to the business banking all growing and, and still growing today. So it's it's um, it was a good turnaround, and I'm just so pleased to be a part of it. And I love my time there. Um, you know, I had seven years, and you know um, it was fascinating, but also just rewarding from seeing uh, the the soul of the earth, earth people, bank of people. They, they've been a lot of them been around a long time. Yeah. They love their customers. They love their community, yeah. and um, you know that's all part of uh, the experience. I want to talk about your because it was your first CEO gig, right? Yeah. So some could say in your first gig you played a little bit safe. You yeah. don't make the unpopular decisions. You've come in and made a couple of unpopular decisions by closing yeah. some branches yes. and then changing uh, changing the emblem and, and all the. How did you gain the confidence in yourself yeah. to do that? And, we, and you know, you said that Gail uh, gave you her blessing, so to speak. You know, the whole process leading up to is, I believe this will change. Where did that confidence come from? Well, I, I think um, you know, to me, it was. Um, just what needed to be done and, and I guess over the, you know my career um, you know we talked about sort of when I got feedback but over time I developed and matured and and I sort of um, had a lot of experiences um, where um, you know I've innovated or, or, or you know marketing you know use marketing as a, as a device or a tool or a strategy you know the, the Falcon was another one at ANZ yeah. but but um, where you just use marketing in a way that to drive growth and, and change, and, mm. and um, so I've had a strong sense this was the way to go, and, and I didn't have any money, so I had to make those tough decisions. Mm. It was just almost no choice. I mean, I couldn't execute on the strategy if I didn't have the funds to do it. I wasn't getting any more money, so I had to self-fund it out of out of some of the, the change, and so I just felt like it, it just had to be done. And and you know, I've um, 
you know, courage is one of the things that I really believe in mm. um, in leadership. You know, you just have to have the courage to 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 make the changes necessary and 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 believe in yourself to do it. And so that's where I was at the time. And yeah, they weren't popular. Um, and I mean, I remember being on radio trying to explain the mm. the logo and just mm. getting callers coming in, sort of just giving me uh, some pretty some, some brutal great, feedback. Yeah, you know, yeah. some colourful. There's a classic <laughs> one that's that said, um, you know. The only thing we need to change about the logo is you, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, and I said thanks. You know, the, the radio uh, host, uh, I think it was Michael um, Smythe, what his name is from ABC, said that. We'll take that as uh, a comment, not a question. <laughs> but anyway, you know, like this, these things happen. And it's amazing how people, how passionate people oh, get. Yeah, a, I love a the bad passion. Brand. Yeah, I love the passion. But equally, they they, they weren't aware of the the, the context and and um, the environment we were in and the fact that you know. Uh, we needed to make this change, otherwise we perhaps would continue down that path. And so, uh, you know, you just cop it on the chin. Um, and um, equally with branch closures, I'm, I, they're just not fun to do. Um, yeah. It affects customers, it affects staff. You know, most of the ones we did, we didn't lose any staff, we just reallocated them. But we, yeah. we did, um, we did um, uh, you know, need to do it and, and, and ultimately... Um, the thing that we saw is the trends to digital and, you know, we had, um, you know, only about 2 or 3% of transactions being done in a branch and yeah. we had some branches where, you know, we're lucky to have 50 people come in in a week. So it was – we were trying to deal with the one, with the ones that were, were low usage and, mm. and therefore less impact but yeah. it's not no impact. And so I, I had many sleepless nights um, worrying about that because I, I don't like affecting customers at all. Um, but equally, I knew I had to do it to get on uh, and deal with the overarching strategy, and and um, and needed the needed the investment to be able to do it, and that came from from some of those closures. The the, the unpopular decisions, the uh, desire to please, not upset, all mm. those mm. sort of things come into mm. to the forefront when you are a CEO. Mm. How do you manage, even today, this is a relevant question today, how do you manage the, the idea, at, well, it, the almost fact that you're going to upset some people? Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you manage that internally? Do you, is it now water off a duck's back? Like how does that work for you in its sort of little ecosystem? Because it's something that I struggle with is, mm. is I don't want to do anything controversial, you know, all that above. And I know there's a lot of leaders in the same space, not that you're saying, mm. doing anything controversial, but mm. more those unpopular decisions. And just, again, the confidence in your ability to understand the strategy, to execute on the strategy and know that you're going to, upset yeah. some people along well, the way. Well, I think it's about how do you bring people along for the ride, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, so um, at, at Bank SA, um, um, you know, one of the areas that I uh, put a bunch of uh, change into was the small business area. Mm -hmm. I did it because I saw enormous growth opportunity for mm -hmm. small business, but we weren't operating in, in a way that I felt was optimal for, for growth. Um, so you have to explain and, and try to... Um, Paint the, the picture or the light on the hill, some people call it, for, pe for people to sort of go, ah, so that's why you want to do that. Now, they might have a little bit of impact uh, personally, but I'm, what I was saying to them is that if you work with me on this, we will grow this business. We, mm. will, we will have opportunities for you down the track. And we had, um, you know, at a time when, um, you know, the small business market in Australia might have been growing um, sort of 6 7%. Baker Sale was growing about 2 or 3%. 
Uh, so a bit off the pace. Um, but I said, look, if we can make these changes, I reckon we can grow dramatically. What happened is um, we, we made the changes. We ended up growing double digit mm. for the next five years in a row, which which created this enormous confidence in the team that they were, they were um, you know, performing well. There were more people coming in, more promotional opportunities, um, more customer coming in because they were seeing the growth and opportunity. We were really open for business. And, but all, all that came from at the very start, explaining the strategy, explaining why we need to change and, and, and saying, if you give me a chance, this is where we're going to go. And they start seeing it and they yeah. start believing in it. Yeah. And, and then sort of, they start moving with you as a bit of a, a movement, if you like. And yeah. it's the same thing right now in the public sector because yeah. the reason why I'm getting out and about so much and trying to talk to people about the purpose, about the strategy is because I'm trying to you know, in, engage with a huge group of people, very diverse group of people that ex do exactly the same thing. Put the light on the hill. This is where we're going. This is why we're going there. Why are we worried about economic growth um, thriving in South Australia and easy to do business with our three strategic priorities? Mm. Why is that important? Um, and why is it, you know, also we've been very focused on three main areas, not 15. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and trying to engage a, a very large group of people on that. So it's a lot of a, a repeatable process, if you yeah. like. I'm, I'm doing it time and time again. Yeah. You know, it's a formula. If I ever, you know, do something else, I'll, I'll probably do the same thing again, yeah. right? Because it's Correct. just the way... I believe in, in bringing people along uh, when you do need to make change, but you have to engage them in why you're doing it and make them clear that they, under, well, hopefully they understand it. Even if they don't 100% like it, they at least understand what you're trying to achieve and, and what the outcome will be and what's what's ultimately in it for them if we achieve uh, Absolutely. Achieve it. We are, we're a consulting firm and we mm. specialise in change, as you can yeah, see, yeah, strategy yeah. and change. We uh, absolutely appreciate everything that you've mm. just said there mm. because – there is this common fallacy that people don't like change, mm. right? And mm. uh, and so we always would say that that is that is a myth. People do like change if they understand what's mm. in it for them. Mm. So if I was to put a million dollars in front of you right mm. now, I'm almost certain mm. that you would like that change, mm. right? So there's a mm. benefit to you. So it is about yeah. helping people realize this is where we're going. This mm. is the the potential where we could achieve. This mm. is what it means for the community of South Australia. Yes, all the right. above. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the the interesting thing in the public sector context is there's, you know, there are there are 110,000 people getting out of bed in the morning, going to, to work, um, you know, as public servants for a reason. You yeah, know? and so we're really tapping into that 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 underlying sort of drive. That's that. Why do you do what you do? And mm. we're trying to amplify that and make sure that they're proud of it. Right? You know, yeah. I've, I've been amazed at how hard um, people are working and particularly you know, around COVID, but, but, but just generally, you know, mm. people out there in the community, you know, and it's so diverse, you know, um, and it's, it's really impressive to see what they're doing. And, and so tapping into that sort of that why um, yeah. and, and making sure that they're proud and, and, and we're telling those stories because, you know, sometimes, you know, let's face it, the, the public sector is um, looked at in, in some lights, um, you know, uh, in a negative context mm. sometimes. And, I think my job is to make sure that we get the message out about all the really good things that are going on um, yeah. as well as, um, you know, so that that's really part of what I'm trying to do. Correct. I, I've i worked in not government but mm. government-owned mm. within the SA water world mm. and, um, yeah, if we ran a large cultural program there, uh, culture being uh, people and culture, not, mm. uh, not any heritage sort of stuff. 
but the the key part of that was storytelling. Mm. It was drawing those stories. What is the best day at work look like for mm. you when you help the mm. at, at the time it was helping the little old lady with her water or sewer problem that she was having. It was the if you remember the blackouts that mm. we had. You mm. know the way we responded and helped mm. and served the people and community of South Australia. So mm. really drawing that purpose mm. out of mm. of their everyday lives and helping tell those stories is really really powerful. Yeah, that's very much core to what we're trying to do. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. execution and strategy is something that you've spoken about and mm. you believe it's the fundamental piece mm. of strategy it's mm. great having a strategy if you don't know how to execute then mm. what's the point of having a strategy can you talk to us about over your time and you mentioned it just before about your almost formula where this mm. is the way you go about it mm. tell us about your execution and, mm. and how you get the buy-in from a your leaders mm. uh, and, and what emphasis do you put on them to lead that execution Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really interested in and, and how you track that progress through the execution phase as well. Yeah, no, you, you're totally right. It's no no good having a, a strategy if you fall over on the on the execution of it. And and um, very much uh, learnt that from my leaders over the years as well. I mean, it's I mean I've learned it firsthand, but equally I've had it reinforced to me uh, time and time again. Um, and um, I think the way that I just go about it is is um, you know, if I use the, the current uh, context, um, you know, very early um, in, in fact, the very first day uh, I started, um, I engaged the, the chief executives um, across the public sector in what I thought might be a, a strategic framework, a very simple mm. one, but um, um, around uh, a purpose and, and three priorities. We, we shaped that together, ultimately came up with, with what we've got today, but, but um you know, got to a point where we agreed that, you know, we really want to focus on economic growth. We do want to uh, have a, a real focus on what we're calling Thriving South Australia, which is the whole social, environmental, health, um, mental health, Aboriginal affairs, that type of space. And then generally make uh, our government easier to do business with. That, that was sort of in some ways the easy part, right? The harder part is, well, how are we actually going to get on and make that happen? Mm. So for me, um, part of that was um, creating the governance around it, how we're going to manage it, how we're going to govern it. So we've created three um, uh, councils uh, for each of the, of the three strategic priorities. 10 to 12 chief executives are, are, are um, in those groups. I chair all three of them at the, at the current point in time. And we track, um, and it, we, well, the forum is to, is to develop the ideas, but also to, um, to allocate responsibilities out, to track and monitor, and, and to see how we're, how we're going. We've met six times already for each of those three. And I'm really pleased with the progress. So I think, to me, um, it, it doesn't also mean you have to sort of do it all yourself. You mm. know, it's about delegation. It's about providing opportunities for people. Um, but it's also about um, accountability. You know, like making it very clear that if we're going to do something, we're going to we're going to deliver uh, and hold people accountable for it. Um, and so that's a little bit of a. a um, a new thing in the public sector. It's not necessarily always been there. I, I, but you, I, account- I, accountability, is yeah. what you're saying? Is it- well, I think it's a it's an area that's probably, um, you know, developing. And, yeah. and, you know, I have to say, though, it's, it's you know, I'm pretty pleased with where we're at um, in the sense of the, the level of accountability that I'm seeing from, from everybody uh, so, so far. So, uh, again, I think if you pick the right things and people believe in what they are, then they're very keen to, to sign up to, to deliver it. And, and delivery um, is is also just things take a little bit longer uh, than I'm used to, but not a lot longer. And and 
But, um, you know, there's a lot of really good people working very hard and there's just so many things happening at the moment and, and uh, there are a few distractions uh, that get in the way like COVID at the moment, So, which is happening for all businesses out there. And so yeah. The public sector is no different. They just happen to be a little bit more heavily involved yeah. in some elements like health and yeah. SAPOL and others like that. So, Let's jump back slightly mm -hmm. to the time where you decided, I'm going to leave... The, my gig here at uh, Bank SA, I've mm -hmm. achieved all that I believe that I can achieve, and jump. I'm going to jump into the the uh, the role of, of CE of department. Mm -hmm. It's a big change. You don't normally see the private world move over to the to the government world. No, is that um, something that you'd always planned on doing, or no? Were you sold? Answer, were no. you sold the vision? Is that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it was it was. Um, an opportunity that presented itself to me, which I wasn't exactly thinking about, mm. to be honest. But it, it came at a time when, um, you know, I, I, uh, it was beyond seven years um, at Bank SA. And, and as I said, I, I, I loved my time there. I loved the people there. I loved the customers and everything that we did. But also um, was, um, you know, it, it just came to me when I felt like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a challenge that yeah. I wasn't thinking about. Yeah. Uh, and um, what, what was the challenge in particular? That well, the challenge was could I, could I um, do uh, what I do at scale like that? Yeah, okay. You know, you know whilst Bank of Say is a, a great business and, you know, I've been in banking all my life and, and so there was the scale question and the diversity question yeah. and um, meaning, you know, I, I'm very aware that whilst, you know, I'm this sort of head of the public sector that there are so many agencies who who sort of do their thing and, and how to bring them together when mm. they're, they're just, they're not like, you know, all bankers running around. Yeah. Instead of like well, yeah, retail banking and business banking and various things yeah, yeah, yeah. are all still in this very yeah. similar industry, lane, right? Same industry, yeah. Yeah. This is uh, 29 agencies, is there, off memory? Yeah, there's, there's sort of core agencies, but I think there's even 40, 50 when oh, you wow. talk about all the sort of smaller the ones or, or some of the ESA waters of the world yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the like. So it's it's, a, it's huge. Uh, but um, so I thought about that and then I thought about, well, I, you know, I, 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 I'm at a time when in my – life where I could take a bit of a risk mm. in the sense of personal risk um, and, you know, it wasn't sort of a, you know, a, a big problem to, to sort of, um, you know, financially or anything to take a step back and just just um, do this role because um, – but, I, but I, the main thing that excited me about it was, have, is, was could I have impact at scale for, the, for South Australia? Mm. You, know, you know, that excites me to, to think about um, – you know, really um, leaving a bit of a legacy, you yeah. know, um, and um, making some change and, and some transformational change. Um, and um, so that's what I'm trying to do after 10 months. It's, you know, we're definitely on the right track, but it's a long, it's a long game. Yeah. Um, and um, so happy with where we're at, but it was, it was really that, that huge challenge, um, you know, and, you know, it, it's, it's very, uh, rare that you get an opportunity like that yeah. uh, uh, to be to be right in the sort of um, inner sanctum of government and 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 leading a large group of people, but working very closely with the premier, obviously, you know. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm in cabinet, I'm in national cabinet with yeah. prime minister, um, and so you, you're really shaping yeah. the, the state, and and you know, it's sort of a bit. Funny to say it like that, but sometimes I catch myself going, "Wow, you know, I'm sort of in this conversation yeah. where you're going, 
It's sort of I'm heavy, actually making change. It's heavy duty yeah, stuff, yeah, right? And um, supporting the Premier, I think he's, um, you know, uh, uh, doing a, a great job. I'm just uh, amazed at his work ethic and and um, and sort of his his thinking. Um, and um, so it's been good to sort of work closely with him on on that agenda as well. So there's a there's the sort of the political agenda which I don't get heavily involved in, but the but but they're not independent of each other. But yeah. I, oh, my job is in the in the Public. In the public sector yeah. element, but they are connected, obviously. So, the, in the sense of some ideas and, and execution of some of those ideas, but um, yeah, so that was sort of it. And, and um, you know, it's been a big, big change. I've never worked harder, um, <laughs> and um, you know, it's a little twenty four seven. So it's it's been um, uh, stressful at times, but uh, and COVID is obviously a real sort of wild card in there. I obviously knew that coming in because it was sort of halfway through mm. um, COVID, but um, it just keeps throwing challenges at us um, and we think we're getting to the end. You know, we Recently we hit 80% and we're planning to get to 90 and, you know, look at look at the um, removing uh, a lot of the restrictions and then Omicron comes along. Yeah. So it's just a real, there's never a boring moment, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that in, in a sec, that, that COVID piece. The... The impact you said you wanted to make impact, mm. and you've come up with those mm. three strategic mm. pillars. Can mm. you explain those pillars to us? Yeah. So the first one um, is economic growth. So we want to to um, have economic growth uh, towards three percent. So sustainable growth around three percent, uh, which is really challenging. Um, mm. uh, you know, uh, I mean, my background is in banking and and. and around the economy i'm sort of very familiar with how hard that is now funny enough you know we're actually achieving it now but we're achieving it now because um you know we're um we've come off a little bit of a a, a, a sort of a, a COVID dip uh, as every state has now the yeah. really pleasing thing about it relatively we're going 3.9 percent is is outstanding across the country yeah i never thought south australia would be leading the country yeah, in economic it's... growth but it is right now so Absolutely, hats off to everybody. But the challenge is to keep that going. Yeah. So our strategic goal is to keep it going year after year after year. And, um, you know, if we shoot to 3% and we get 25 over the long term, that's still very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that's um, – we've got a growth state economic plan. We've spent a lot of time um, uh, working on that and, and, and fine-tuning that and adding some new ideas to it, um, which are coming down the pipe now. So – that's the first one. Uh, you know, it's well set up. It's well governed, um, and um, there's funding through the Jobs and Economic yep. Growth Fund to 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 stimulate new ideas. Can as we well. deep dive into that first one before we get into mm. the next two? The is that where you're we're seeing now the introduction of the Amazons, the Googles, the Cognizants, all these companies coming in. Mm -hmm. Is that part of your and your team's doing? Oh, well, it's a, it's not um, my team uh, in the sense that. Um, DPC, it's it's the public sector team. Yeah, you yeah. know, so trade investment would take the lead yeah, on, okay. on a lot of that stuff. Uh, yes, it is part of it, mm -hmm. but the, but there are some really bigger ideas coming. You know, that we're thinking about hydrogen, and we're thinking yeah. about um, you know this concept of what we're calling northern water, which is about how do we get um, copper production improved in the north of South Australia through companies like BHP and Oz yeah. Minerals. By um, the concept would be getting desalinated water up to them so they can increase their production and take their reliance off the Great Artesian Basin. That type of big idea is yeah. I chair that, that steering committee and we're, it's very early days but the idea is is, is an amazing idea. Yeah. Uh, 
because it's a, a, a huge um, export opportunity, but in an environmentally friendly way. So Absolutely. it's a really, really nice story, that one. Now that's, you know, it's public, um, but it's very early days. Yeah. Um, but we're doing the feasibility, sort of early feasibility studies on that. Um, so um, small business is another one we're yeah. looking at, population growth and those sorts of things. Yeah. So so um, I've always been a believer in population growth and, and you know, we're just um, looking at, um, you know, investing more in that and some, in some resources, but also some marketing uh, on the East Coast to promote South Australia and yeah. all the good things. Because we've got a lot of jobs going at the moment. Yeah, we do. You just mentioned some names and all of those um, brands and companies have jobs here uh, in addition to PWCs and Deloitte's and, and, and uh, Accenture's and the mm. like. So, so we're um, for trying to help them um, find those opportunities yeah. and, and uh, equally try to um, get people from the East Coast uh, to, Over here. to, uh, it, to it Adelaide. It is definitely an interesting topic because we do a lot of work in the workforce planning yep. space. We help businesses uh, through a government um, and corporate businesses through their workforce planning. And we're seeing those challenges at the moment a lot. And, and what we are seeing is that you have these companies like the Googles, the Amazons, Accenture's, PwC's, Deloitte saying they're going to announce 1,000 jobs, 500 jobs, whatever it might be, which is really great, right? Mm. It's great for the state. Mm. We're bringing some world-class mm. um, businesses in. But what we are seeing is some of those businesses poaching from the small business because mm-hmm. uh, there's some, a lot of talent here. Mm. And they're offering some really exorbitant mm. uh, prices for, for some yeah. of these people. Yeah. You know, we're talking in excess of 50 grand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes it a bit difficult for small business. So there's sort of this catch-22 world that we're seeing at the moment. It's great because we want this, the state to move forward, but we also want to make sure we are looking after small business and giving mm. them opportunities mm. with government, which is a mm. big thing that you're working on at the moment. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I mean there's a skills shortage. Um, yeah. And, and COVID and border closures have not helped. Um, no. So, um, unfortunately, it, it is what it is. But, but um, so we are seeing some sort of um, salary uh, uh, appreciation, if you like, <laughs> yeah. um, in that area, particularly in the technology space. Yeah, it's um, crazy. It's, it's right up there. Um, and, um, no, but we, we, you know, we can only do what we can do. Uh, hopefully when the borders fully open, um, international borders, um, we'll have a, a more migration and we'll see things settle back down a little bit. But, but we're playing on a global scale. Um, you know, those companies, many of them play on a global scale. Correct. Um, but we have so much going for us here in South Australia. So part of what we're trying to do is, is make sure people understand that. You know? And um, we're using a whole range of different strategies, but we have to get our, our brand out there on the East Coast. So we're, we're sort of, we'll be looking to do that um, in the near term to make sure people are aware of what, what South Australia has to mm. offer. Mm. Because we are um, increasingly having these great job opportunities, but we've also got a great lifestyle. And, you know, we can get around easily and, and, and we're very connected. And, you know, we've, we've got some great examples. You know, I think you were at the lunch I, I spoke at recently where, yeah. you know, I talked a little bit about Cognizant. And, you know, it was the connectivity of, of, of Adelaide and South Australia which ultimately sort of made them think, wow, this is so good. We, we, you know, we've got... Um, a, we've got a great opportunity to, to grow a business here. Uh, there is the talent here, but also the connectivity to the Premier, to, to people like myself and government, but also to the private sector. Everybody knows everybody here, mm. right? So it's it's very easy. And if you don't, you're, you're one phone call away from <laughs> yeah, being introduced to someone. One degree of separation. And, yeah. you know, and having worked in Sydney and Melbourne, that doesn't happen as no. much. It's a bit more everyone for themselves. Yeah. And, and so that sort of um, 
collegiate sort of uh, sort of concept and, and the connectivity, I think, is a real benefit for us. Mm. Plus, you know, food, wine, easy to get around, all, you know, all that just becomes a, a really, yeah. really important formula, I think, for us to, to sort of play um, on, a, on a national scale um, um, and international scale. Yeah, I'm like you. I'm South Australian, born and bred through and through. I've, um, I, I couldn't find a more passionate person about South Australia other than myself. So when you say as part of one of those pillars is do, making life easier yep. to, do, well, to make, do business that's with government. That's our priority, yeah. yeah. So th- that, that's all about, um, uh, I guess, um, making government easier to, or, you know, easier to deal with. Um, and, you know, like whilst um, we do uh, multi-jurisdictional research around, so comparing ourselves to other states, and we actually rank pretty well on that, I think we would all, uh, uh, from the inside but also for, from the community, know that sometimes uh, government isn't easy to do business with or to deal with. And so I think there's a huge opportunity to, um, to improve processes, to, to, to genuinely um, uh, upweight our, our focus on customer service. Yeah. Uh, to um, build a cultural program around that. Mm. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. It's very early days, um, but we, we do have, um, uh, and quite, net, quite frankly, right now, we're, we're, we're very focused on, on a lot of uh, technology in the health space. So the yeah. home quarantine app that, that we're using is also being used by New South Wales and, and Victoria piloting yeah. it Great. as well, which is our technology being uh, used by you know, two of the biggest states in the, mm. co- in the country. So we've got some good capability here that we're building in our digital and, and tech teams and, um, and we're looking to, to use that and grow that. And you know, we've got a number of uh, roles we're recruiting for right now that, that are building out that team because we see a huge pipeline of digital um, technology, um, whether it be on, you know, on your desktop or probably more likely being on your phone, yeah. uh, coming down the pipe. So you know, we, we do see... Uh, significant um, productivity gains for the public sector, but but most importantly, um, customer experience gains. So yeah, we're just right. making things easy. So just digitizing so the- processes. Um, you know, you know when you, you sort of think about you know tell us once and uh, not fifteen times. Yeah, okay. uh, so if you go from one agency to another, that somehow we've got some idea what's going on. Yeah. Now these are some of the big goals, and and I have to stress it. it you know our. our we need to, to improve our architecture and our whole process around that, our, 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 our CRM systems and the like. But it's a big goal and, you know, a state like New South Wales is seven years into this program. Yeah, okay. um, and so they've been going at it for some time. They've gone as far as they've got a, a minister for, for customer service. Yeah, digital. Wow. Uh, um, so, you know, I, what I'm really pleased by is, is sort of the commitment from the chief executives around this program. It's mm. governed through one of those councils. In fact, today we have uh, our meeting, and um, you know we are progressing really, really well. But it's a, it's a, I'm under no sort of illusions that it's a huge uh, program, and, and uh, but it's an exciting one because it's not just about digital; it's about culture, it's yeah. about physical elements. You know, we've got you know service SA stores out there, and yeah, what, yeah. what can we do with those, um, and so many things like that. So it's a. Uh, um, Exciting program, but you know we've brought on some people, uh, a small group of people to, to to lead that program across the sector. But equally, we were expecting agencies to pick up the the some of that work and 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 just um, get really focused on this. So it's a um, it's a, it's a yeah a huge program, but it's early days. But I'm I'm very excited by it. 
it is exciting is the because what I heard there was all about like it was custom experience mm. and all the above. Mm. Is that so when making it easy to do business with the government, mm. does that include people actually trying to do work for the government as opposed to just what the outside facing world sees? As in, because I know there's a whole bunch of procurement processes in yep. place there. That, yep. Yeah, that, it's, I mean, it, well, it's it's everything. It's it's it, it's consumers, um, you know, um, businesses dealing with government. Yeah. It's internal. Like if you're yeah. in the Treasury Department and you're servicing your customer is actually DPC or yeah. health or, yeah, yeah. or education, you know, that's also in a customer business. This happens to be an internal yeah. one. Um, or if you're um, providing goods and services to government, so you're, you're right, procurement. You know, I think that's an area that I hear a feedback on that could be definitely um, be improved. So, well, you, so I think yes, in any respect, if you're dealing with government, whether you're internal, external, or buying goods and services or selling goods and services to, yes, it's all yeah. in scope. Um, you know, we, we in my only challenge is can't do everything at once. So no, just correct. having to, to sort of program that and and. Uh, what what we have done is um, uh, research around what the pain points are, um, um, and we've infilled it right at the moment with some more research, um, um, validating our, our focus areas and getting deeper. So we've got to we've got a, a couple of phases of research. You know, we've got went out and found out about a bunch of pain points, and then we picked the ones that we thought were the most important ones, and now we're going back out to research exactly what customers would like to see in those areas um, as a starting point, at least. Yeah. Yeah, look, I deal with the procurement process slightly. Sometimes it feels a little bit disjointed just purely from the simple fact that the company might have, look, I work from a small business. Mm. If I want to use a supplier, I go out and use that supplier, right? Mm. I don't have to get three quotes. <laughs> so I think that that in that element is there are some, like we offer a very niche product, mm. specifically a change workforce plan that, you know, that world. Um, we sometimes are the best for the for the client and, and that might be a government client but because it sends over a certain amount they mm. then have to go get three quotes my concern with that is that it might not all be fair mm. right when getting the three quotes because there's sort of this it, if that system there seems slightly broken the mm. way it works but yeah. i understand government needs to be above board there's some red tape there yeah i mean there are some good reasons for some of it but i, I would yeah i would agree with you that um my my first pass at some of it uh, does look a little bit um, like it could be improved. Mm. Um, there are some limits where you can um, directly um, procure uh, services, um, you know, under certain dollar amounts certain and dollar, things like yeah. that. But, yeah, look, it's a general comment I do think um, it's an area of, uh, that we need to keep focusing on. You are going on a pretty aggressive recruitment strategy mm. at the moment in amongst all these uh, these pillars that you're working to. You're bringing on some amazing people. Yes. I know some of them. Mm. Uh, you are Jane was one of them who you brought across yep. the previous, and uh, there's uh, there's Suhit who I know quite well. And you, you're grabbing people like uh, you know the, these individuals who are very forward thinking, who are very innovative, who are very keen to change mm. and grow and. Uh, and, and, and create an impact, mm. they come into a government world which is probably not known and you mentioned earlier, things can move a little bit slow at times. Mm. How are you managing those expectations with some of the people that Just you're Just being bringing? honest, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's really important that we, we don't oversell uh, yeah. the opportunity. Um, but equally, um, these people, um, you know, we've just also hired um, 
uh, Jess Leo from uh, the editor of Sunday Mail to oh, come yeah. over. Yeah, um, I saw that, read that. Uh, and we've got a number more in the pipeline, some some international talent as well uh, we hope to pick up, um, which for me is just so pleasing. I agree, uh, yes. and, and why it's pleasing is because I feel like that um, uh, with the addition of the, the current great people we have in government, bringing a few more people in just, just supplements that and starts – this sort of movement, I call it, like you know. So, when I was at ANZ Small Business, and it was you know it wasn't a fun place to be, and how did you, how did it, how did that turn around? Part of it was bringing some new people in, yeah, and, and and some excitement and some energy and some drive, and then they end up bringing people with them, yeah, um, and um, and bringing up the ones that are that are you know great in in the who are already there, you know. Mm. So it's this sort of, I call this movement. Um, yeah. I say it was no different, you know. Yeah. There were a couple of changes I made in, in personnel in the early days. And, you know, that was the start of, of, of this movement. And and I think um, I'm just a little bit excited about the green shoots uh, yeah. that we're seeing um, with um, some of these hires you're referring to. They're all on strategy. So they're either in, in some of the um, uh, customer experience space, the digital space, the comm space, uh, the customer experience space, so all these things are economic um, policy and strategy team. This is what we, you know, essentially we're just executing yeah. on the strategy, right? So, and, and we need talent to do that. And uh, some are coming from internal, some are coming from external. Um, and the blend of both of those hopefully will create that that momentum and off we go yeah. and, and start to to deliver on, on the strategy and... and uh, yeah, so you know those people you mentioned, plus a few more coming. You know, I'm very excited by it. The other thing I'm hearing is we're getting um, so the, we, we've got a number of roles going in the digital space, mm. and the quality of candidates is better than we've ever seen before. Yeah, wow. I think part of that is is linked to you know the storytelling, yeah. the, the the strategy, um, but also um, the cool work that we're doing. You mm. know, being able to work on some of these apps that we're that are really important to health or or some of the stuff we've got coming um, in the broader agenda is, is, is really cool. And, uh, so you, you get to work on some good things and we're trying to, um, you know, we're more and more trying to also compete, um, you know, because uh, as a general comment, the public sector doesn't pay as well as the private sector, but we're, I'm doing everything I can to, to <laughs> compete because I know that market we very have well. Have so to. we're, we're um, using every uh, available um, technique to, to, to sort of be competitive mm. as well. There's some really great apps coming out, mm. especially in the health world mm-hmm. now at the moment. Mm. With, once COVID's under control, mm. do you, is, is there a fear of an exodus because of that? No, I don't think so. We got, I mean, like, I mean, we got thousands of things that we can do. Yeah. Up, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so no, I think in the consumer and business space, um, there's multiple years yeah, of work, yeah. <laughs> you know, that we're thinking about. And you know, so there's, you know, ultimately we feel like we'll have one window to government for consumers and another window to government for business mm-hmm. um, and the richness of the of the of all the different ideas of how we can make that experience better is, is just so deep that I think we've got um, years of excitement for people who want to come and work in government. And I, and I just encourage people out there who are thinking perhaps they're in um, the private sector and, and, and I just encourage them to have a think about the public sector and getting involved in, in helping to make a difference uh, for the community or for businesses out there because it's I do find it very rewarding when you sort of you know you, you actually at the at the sort of pointy end of some of this stuff yeah 
want to touch on the workforce planning mm. element of, of the government at the mm. moment, 110,000 people. Mm. Uh, you're bringing in some really great mm. talent who mm. are bringing in some mm. excellent and innovative ideas, which is great, mm. contributing into the execution of the strategy. How are we best utilising the people that are currently within government mm. and helping them grow yep. and helping them move in, in, in their careers in, in the right direction for those that want to, obviously? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, what – What's important um, to know about my role is I'm not deep in any particular agency because mm. they're just so big. Yeah. Uh, I don't have time to to sort of go deep on you know education or health mm. or or child protection or human services. But but I, what we're trying to do is set the the sort of strategic priorities and, and part of that is the people agenda. So working yeah. very closely with. Um, Irma Ranieri. Yeah. Um, she's coming on next year. Is she? Podcast. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Yeah, she's great. Um, so um, working with Irma and the Chief Executive Council on um, on sort of one of those sort of people-related uh, strategic areas we can work on. And, and I do think, um, you know, some of the stuff I just talked about is part of that, but equally people development. I mean, Irma runs a great leadership academy. She does. Uh, and I think we can do a lot more on that. Mm. We can do more in the graduate space. Mm. And... Uh, We've got some pretty good ideas that we're working on. I uh, haven't announced yet, but we're we're working on um, people as a as a real focus for next year um, because we do see. I, I sort of want the government to be a talent factory. Yeah, you know? both cool. developing people from within and attracting new ones. You know, we do have turnover, and every year, you know, thousands of people um, will turn over, and that's not a bad thing. It just happens because um, we have so many. Uh, you know, small few percent of attrition yeah you know, it's thousands of people yeah correct. Uh, so you know how do we replace them with with the right people but develop our our existing ones so we don't leave lose so many would be also good but so we've got a whole lot of ideas there it's 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 a challenge though because it's so diverse so ultimately we want to set the two or three strategic priorities on the people agenda the workforce agenda but ultimately let the the ce's of the agencies run their run their show but we coordinate um you know and and role for Irma and myself in that in particular. Yeah, brilliant. Touching on the innovation piece within mm. the uh, within government, um, the government notoriously hasn't been the most <laughs> innovative and you know, obviously this is something that you're uh, trying to rattle the cage with, which is fantastic. Mm. Mm. Is there concern? Look, typically when you innovate, you have to spend some money, right? You have, you, and that's not always the case, but you've got to invest some time, effort, resources, whatever it might be, money uh, into the process of innovation. Being in a government role or, or organisation, you're always thinking about the taxpayer's money and all this mm. sort of stuff. How do you blend those two when they sort of collide, That, that you know, the, the taxpayer's money versus I actually need to spend some coin here to innovate? How do you, how are you managing yeah, that? Yeah, look, it's, it's a challenge um, and, and um, uh, you know, very conscious that um, we have to, to be very uh, focused on, on sort of um, delivering uh, value and, yeah. and um, not – wasting money or, or, or I mean, the really good thing about what we're doing you know is we are delivering um you know very very um important solutions so you know an example would be my team built in a very like one it was about 24 to 48 hours we built the on, uh, online booking engine for covid when yeah. we had those large queues down mm. at down at Vic Park for the testing, right? Yeah. And it's, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. This like, is a problem. This is a problem. Yeah. Uh, and and the traditional way would have been off and procuring something and yeah. taking, you know, weeks and months. Yeah. I said, we don't have that time. Yeah. We have to do something 
right. today. Right. <laughs> and luckily, I've got a great team who can do that. You yeah. know, they just need the, the the sort of mandate to do it. Mm. And uh, and so we did that um, very quickly. Um, and um, you know, it worked very well. Mm. Um, and still working. Um, uh, in that regard, um, so the, the, the capabilities there, um, and um, you know, to me, the, the sort of test is: are we improving the customer experience? And often, you know, part of improving the customer experience is also doing it faster and cheaper. Mm. So there is a productivity gain. Yeah, so you have this perfect world of you, you're actually making life easier for customers, businesses, and consumers, and you're doing it faster and cheaper. Mm. So mm. the business case, if you like, um, is right there in front of you. Yeah. Right. So well. Customer wins, and the public sector wins because we're doing it faster and cheaper. Yeah, and uh, and then if you do that at scale, well, then the opportunity really is about um, thinking about um, um, you know what does that productivity dividend look like? Mm. Uh, and so, anyway, uh, we're again we're in early days, but the the, the sort of um, you're right, generally speaking, about innovation. But I've been surprised at how many great people there are who think the right way, and I think part of my role is to sort of um, amplify that and yeah. to sort of give them a bit of a mandate to sort yeah. of, you know, you can do this stuff. Yeah. And, and Which is empowering know, people to get out. When we did some that. of that, that health tech stuff, including home quarantine, everyone's going, I can't, can't believe you did that. Yeah. You know? uh, and, uh, well, it, it's possible and and, uh, and we can do it quickly with some new agile working methodologies mm. that we're employing. So Brilliant. More, to- more of that, please. Mm. Keep, keep that up. What is your – at the start of the podcast, we – Talked about your being everywhere. What does your typical day look like? You you are everywhere. CEO of of the of yeah. The- so I'll start about six thirty uh, in the morning, um, and um, I'm starting a bit early. I always start <laughs> started early at Bank of Saver, which is about seven thirty, six thirty roughly. I start um, as in, in as in suit on your starting in my office. That, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Luckily, I live close to town, but but uh, <laughs> but it's um, you know it's an early start because that's the time I need to, to, to be productive um, because can be from 7, 7.30 meetings uh, kick in um, and um, try not to, but they do come along from time to time, but from about 8 o'clock meetings kick in yeah. generally. Um, and um, it, it just goes all day and, um, uh, you know, typically starts to, to slow down in terms of meetings around 6 and then um, try and catch up on a few emails and, but then it's just the nature of the beast. You sort of, you know, phone calls, emails, nighttime. You just customer stuff. I mean, I'm I'm someone who's I live and breathe the customer experience stuff. So yeah. I see someone struggling on Twitter, or I'm in there trying to solve it. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> trying to trying to um, lead from the front. Like yeah. this customer experience thing isn't a gimmick. You know, I live and breathe this stuff. And you know, just before here, I was helping someone out in quarantine. Yeah. You know, just believe in helping people and um, I, I think if, I, if people see me doing it then they're going to be more likely to do it yeah um, brilliant uh, roll lead the up. yeah lead by example exactly so so it's busy days you know it, it, it's um, a lot of COVID at the moment but you know I'm in cabinet committees I'm in cabinet itself I'm in national cabinet which we have on Friday um, and um, a, a lot of these councils uh, you know the three strategic priority councils um, and I mean, it's um, quite a lot of meetings, more meetings mm. than, I, than I would have ever been um, used to. <laughs> yeah. But but it's it's the nature of the role. Yeah. Um, a little bit of time in there to to think. Um, but equally, um, now I've got a few of my team in place. So I'm out and about more, as you said. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I've, my desire was 
throw myself into the detail in the early days, set up the team and then get out and about. And I'm starting to have that time to, to get out to all the agencies around town um, and uh, talk to their people and go to those awards ceremonies and, and, and really communicate the agenda, the strategy, the governance, the, the, the purpose and, and, and also spending quite a bit of time on the, the communications part mm. of it, you know. So people say, oh, do you, you know, do you have someone do all your social media for you? Well, you'd be surprised at how much heavily yeah. involved I am in it because I, I believe in it. I have some help, but I also help craft it and, and edit and... and uh, it's got to be authentic, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and... and uh, Quite heavily involved. Get in a bit of a following now. You're becoming a bit of a celebrity. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that, but but I, but I'm, I, there's so many good stories to yeah. tell, right? Yeah, you're um, right. You know, and and you know, it, it's it's important. I think that people start to see that, and That's and I good. think we should walk a, a bit more proudly, and you know, in the public sector. Oh, absolutely, there's, there's some really good stuff going on, and I think there's been a little bit of a, a secret about that, or not not proud enough to sort of. Well, they're very proud people, but it's it's just that. Um, you know, communication element. So that's why we're sort of really focused on that with Jane and Jess coming in and we're going to really beef that up because telling those stories is so critical mm. um, uh, to um, building that culture that we want. It is very refreshing mm. seeing you posting mm. and, and, and getting involved a lot. So kudos to you. Yeah, I think the, well, part of it is I, don't, I think it's a bit different. Yeah, uh, absolutely so, uh, is. It's getting noticed a bit, um, you know, like I've, I've always done that type of thing, but in the public sector context, I don't think it's been done much. But, I, you know, I think we're, we're, we're very keen to, to, to deliver on, you know, and make people aware of the purpose. And, and uh, so a lot of the stuff we're doing is linked to the, you know, hashtag making difference, yeah. hashtag thriving. And so that's, that is what we're tagging everything with. And we're, all the stories we're, we're, we're communicating linked to that, you know, the, the, um, you know, an example yesterday with the Human Services uh, Awards is just another example of that. One thing I am passionate about, like running my own business, I'm, my hours are not too dissimilar to mm. you and one thing I always try to get keen to learn from you mm. is how do we realise our vision as leaders? Mm. We try to realise our vision whilst, you know, at the same time trying to cultivate a loving family, loving relationships, all the above. Mm. How do you manage that in your everyday? Um Look, it's difficult. Um, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't say it's easy. Easy to do. Um, you know, I've had uh, some really busy times over my career. Um, some really challenging times um, where I've been, um, you know, uh, stressed and probably creating a bit of a nightmare at home. <laughs> um, and you know, this year's probably been one of them in the sense of at times it's been um, very hectic. Um, and um, that's difficult. I'm a, I'm a lucky at this point in my life, and one of the reasons why I, I, I took on the challenge is my kids are a bit older. So, yeah. you know, they're 21 and 19, and whilst I'd, I'd like to, they're still at home and I'd like to, to be around them, they are becoming a bit more independent. So, you know, if the I reliance had, isn't there. If I had, you know, a four year old and a two year old, you know, taking on this role, you know, it may be a, a, a bit of a challenge, right, to be, to be quite frank, um, because it is all encompassing. But, um, yeah, so I, 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 I sort of tend to think about it rather than day to day. I, st I tend to think of it as, you know, talking to my, to Kerry, my wife, it's at the start of the process and go, look, this is what this is going to look like mm -hmm. and, you know, try and get some agreement and, and uh, 
do my best to hang on uh, all the, on the way through because you know, she's she's uh, cracked it at me a few times. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, I'm the feeling, uh, <laughs> which um, wouldn't be a surprise to some people out there listening. But um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, in the day, um, she's uh, very supportive uh, of what I'm trying to do, and and um, and, and uh, has been through my entire career actually. So it's you know, people say, um, you know about your side of the fence but I couldn't do what I do without having that support no doubt. so uh, it's been very very important yeah brilliant just conscious of your time we'll wrap up with one last we'll come more, more one last question mm-hmm. main question uh, let's fast forward five ten years mm-hmm. and we're in a world where you've been CEO for a while now looking back at what you've achieved mm-hmm. what are your what are you seeing um, look I I guess I'm would have, I mean, the, the sort of making a difference thing, I guess, is sort of very much around the public sector, but it's sort of what I live and breathe in any role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't do anything by half. Um, everything I do, I try and do to my absolute best. Um, I love the people elements, you know, like, you know, I'm still very close to a lot of the bankers say people, ANZ people from 15 years ago still message me and say you know remember these days and you know because we had some fun times i like having fun as well mm. one thing that may not be evident to people at the moment because i'm so sort of focused um is i do like having fun and and particularly with people and so i'll, I'll look back at all the people uh, moments and how i've helped people along the way but equally how i've had an impact you know and certainly been at the forefront of you know, internet back in the 95 with Comsec and digital back then, you know. I tell some young people about I was in the, in the business to first do anything with the internet and they look mm. at me like, you're kidding, aren't you? Yeah. But well, I had to start somewhere, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, uh, in Australia. Uh, yeah. and, but all the way through to some of the big transformational programs and change and Bank of Say is one of those, ANZ Small Business is another. Um, but working with some amazing people and this current one, I, I hope that, you know, I can leave a legacy where, you know, I have had some impact at scale and, and South Australia is better for it. Um, that would be my goal. Um, you know, at the end of the day, all I can do is the best I can, um, you know, and then whatever happens next happens next. So I've never actually chased a role in my life. So, you know, at the end of the day, I go, well, one of the things I've learned over time is just do that your role that you're doing right now the best you can and the next thing will come along. Mm. Um, and that's worked well for me. And, uh, so hopefully I can do it for as long as I can and, and um, you know, if, if it changes, it changes and, and um, whatever comes next, I'm sure I'll throw myself into that as well. You know, I've got energy. Um, uh, whilst I'm not young, uh, I, I'm sort of young at heart and have energy um, to, to throw out lots of things. I still do a lot of things, um, you know, in the, on the side. I sort of love startups in that space and, and uh, you know, I like investing and, and um, real estate and various just – you know, just those sorts of things, um, and and uh, so I, I think down the track I'll, I'll I'll continue to do that. I think I'll always be involved in startups because I just love the whole sector yeah. and and uh, helping young people get a start and and um, just the loyalty that comes from that and the sort of you know backing ideas is really mm. um, fundamental. To, whether it's in that type of thing or even backing ideas and in, in business, I, I love doing. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm. Look, thank you for your time That's today. Right. Thank, you, thank you very much for all that you're doing. You you have made an impact mm. in your 10 months in this mm. new role. You've obviously had 
a very illustrious career within in the CEO roles previous to this one. But um, your, it, I think I said we used the word refreshing before. It is very refreshing to mm. see someone like yourself come in, rattle the cage slightly without you know in the right way, mm-hmm. and and bring in some really great talent. You know. Almost stamp your foot down. We are going to be innovative. We are going to change. We, we do want to connect with the customer more. Mm. We do want to connect with small business and, and business more mm. and make that world easier. We're looking to grow the state. As a proud South Australian, you know, mm. being called a backwater state by some <laughs> other companies, you know, that hits home. It cuts deep and and you're coming in to, to change that mm. and really set a vision and and not be the little cousin anymore to Melbourne and Sydney, but to to be yeah, that's definitely. I mean, I've been um, you know on the wrong end of those jokes um, before, mm. um, having um, lived in Sydney and Melbourne as well. But yeah, I hope hopefully they're almost gone. Uh, yeah. And um, you know, thank you for the feedback. But we're at very early days, so yeah. very conscious that we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Um, but that's part of it. And you know, you, I can guarantee you, your listeners that we've got a very focused team on. On delivering on that, and uh, you know, it's going to take some time, but and we, and we won't may not be always perfect, and there are things that we we need to improve. We know, but um, we're we're going to get on with it, and uh, hopefully, we can make a difference. Brilliant. Where can we find you? Follow you? All the above? LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitter uh, a little bit. I'm I'm sort of tweet a, a bit, but my main sort of communication channel is LinkedIn. Yeah, um, I find that uh, the best balance. Uh, uh, and less, you know, sort of um, ends of the spectrum you can find on Twitter nowadays. So I, <laughs> I do use that channel, um, and, but LinkedIn's my primary one. Um, got uh, quite a few connections on there, and, and find the feedback's pretty balanced and and uh, uh, just a good um, channel to get the message out. Yeah. So get on and follow Nick. At, it's Nick uh, N I C K R E A D E for Reed. So uh, Thank thanks you. again for your thanks time for today, me. mate. We'll take care, guys. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast all. You can check out the show notes if there was anything of interest to you and find out more about us at synergyiq.com.au. I am going to ask though, if you did like the podcast, it would absolutely mean the world to me if you could subscribe, rate and review. And if you didn't like it, that's all right too. There's no need to do anything. Take care, guys. All the best. Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump onto the Synergy IQ Facebook and LinkedIn page where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.